So John chapter 16, we have been spending, well, other than the Christmas season, we've been spending quite a bit of time here in the Gospel of John in the upper room discourse. Um, for months now, we have been listening to the words of Jesus as He speaks uh, directly to His disciples there in the upper room as they prepare for uh, for His arrest and for His crucifixion and and all of the days to come from that. We started off, you remember, with that marvelous scene of Jesus washing His disciples' feet, expressing His love in such a, a, a demonstrable way. Um, and then all of the, uh, the key points that He has been trying to, to communicate to His disciples to help them understand uh, who He is. For them to be able to understand how, how faith through Him leads to the freedom that all humanity needs. He's been talking about the Holy Spirit, the role of the Spirit uh, that, that will continue on the work that He has been doing in their lives. And, and to a greater degree, because he, uh, the Spirit will be within them, will be working in their hearts and leading and guiding them. And we're coming uh, to the close of this. These are... Uh, the, the passage we're going to be reading here today in 16 is kind of the final teaching. And then next week we're going to start looking at the, the high priestly prayer. And uh, you're going to want to stick around for that. I, that. That prayer that Jesus prayed for His, His disciples, for you, Jesus, speaking words about your life. Powerful things. Uh, but this last bit here of, of chapter 16 is, is Jesus, in many ways, Jesus' final words before His crucifixion to His disciples. And as Samantha uh, pointed out, this is uh, communication in, in, in recognition of, of His concern over the great sorrow that they are about to experience the shock that they are going to go through in in his crucifixion and and uh, and death and so he is he is wanting to encourage them in all of this and i think that there has some uh, great um lessons for us as well in these words that jesus was saying to the disciples about a specific time and a specific experience we can still take those words and apply them to our own experience because I think we have all felt at times that God is a distant. That, that I can't hear His voice. I can't see Him like I have in the past. And these words of Jesus uh, can be a, an encouragement to us and, and a, an important lesson to us how we walk through those dark days. Let's start reading at verse 12. Jesus said, I still have many, many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, 
He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. For He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is Mine. Therefore I said that He, the Spirit, will take what is Mine and declare it to you. A little while... And you will see me no longer. But again, a little while, and you will see me. So some of the disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And, and because I'm going to the Father. So they were saying, well, What does he mean by a little while? And we do not know what he's talking about. And, Jesus knew that they wanted to ask Him. So He said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while and you will not see Me? And again, a little while and you will see Me? Truly, 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 I say to you, you will weep and lament. But the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful. But your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, you have sorrow now. But I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked anything in My name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. But the hour is coming when no longer will I speak to you in figures of speech but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in My name. And I do not say that, that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father Himself loves you because you have loved Me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. And now... I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, 
The hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet, I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will always have tribulation. Take heart. I have overcome the world. What a great promise. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Trouble seems to follow us. It doesn't matter when or, or, or where or, or how we live. There is always turmoil. There is always sorrow. There is always some level of, of pain and suffering that we go through in our lives. And that's, I think, part of the human experience. But it is also true for followers of Christ. Because we, we live in this time of the, the already, but not yet. We have a taste of the great hope that we have in Christ. We experience His presence with us on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. The, the, the Spirit works in our hearts and, and communicates to us. And yet still, it, as Paul describes, it's like seeing in a, in, in a mirror dimly. We don't experience the full nature of the presence of Christ with us. We, we know that there's something more. We know that there is this great hope that we have in heaven when we will see Him face to face, when we will glory in His presence with all of God's people and lift our voices up in praise and adoration of Him. But now, there still is that peace that, that, that makes it hard to understand. Uh, that, that, that nature within us, our flesh that gets in the way of being able to experience uh, the fullness of all that God has for us. That, that struggle that is there with sin and temptation in our lives. With doubts, with uncertainties. One of the key points that Jesus wants His disciples to understand, and, and, and it's for His disciples, but it's also for us, is that suffering, that sorrow, is not permanent. That struggle that we have with sin and temptation in our lives, uh, those doubts that creep into our mind, uh, the, the lure that there is of, of following our own way, that will have an end. Those times in our lives when, when, we, when we kneel on our, on our beds to pray and we're, 
crying out for God to come and help us and it seems as if our prayers get no further than the ceiling in our home. That God is far off, that He doesn't hear us. When we come to the Word and we read uh, the pages here and, and, and at one time there was life and yet now as I read it, it just seems this dull emptiness. Jesus says, this will not last. It will have an end. Right now, you will not see Me, but in a short while, you will see me again. All of the suffering that we experience, there will be an end. And we need to, to have hope and take, take joy in all of that. And as, as Samantha was reading in, in, in that commentary about how God never wastes any of the sorrow or tragedy or pain in our lives, but instead He takes all of those experiences and uses them to strengthen us, to draw us in a closer relationship with Him, for us to be able to understand what it means to have faith and trust in Him. This was something that the disciples may not have fully understood at this point, but as time went by, this reality became more and more apparent in their hearts. And so we, we read in, in, in the works of, of men like James, the brother of Jesus. James chapter, chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 2 where he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet joys and blessings? No, when you meet trials of, of many kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Uh, we consider it joy to endure the sufferings and the and the struggles of our lives, the the, the temptations and the and and the the disappointments that we come face to face with, because we know that Christ uses that to make us stronger, to reveal Himself to us in new ways, for us to be able to uh, to experience His strength and His help in those times of need. This is the the very same attitude that Jesus had. And, and that passage in, in Hebrews 12, just a page or a little bit more over from, from the passage in James, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Well, let's start right to the beginning of that chapter. Verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And here it is, looking to Jesus, the founder 
and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated now at the right hand of the throne of God. How was Jesus able to endure that the great suffering of His arrest, of His crucifixion? We could even go further back. The, the ongoing rejection and conflict that He had with His own people, Israel, as He was there to, to reveal the Father to them. And yet, time and time again, they, they attacked Him. They, they, they misrepresented Him. They misunderstood Him. How did Jesus deal with all of that? It was the joy that was awaiting Him in His completed work. In His salvation and redemption that was then proclaimed to all of the world. The joy of having all of God's people gathered together in heaven at the marriage feast of the Lamb. Celebrating together. Spending all of eternity together uh, with nothing in the way of our relationship. With that perfect connection that He had created us all for. It was that joy that empowered Him to be able to, to go through the suffering. That is the same joy that we need to hold dearly to ourselves. And that's why it is so important for us to take time uh, to, to imagine, to think, to dream about what heaven will be like. What it will be like to be face to face with our Savior. So that when we, when we experience that great suffering, that hope, that joy will sustain us through to be able to see Christ's completed work in our lives. Such a great picture that Jesus uses here of a, of a woman giving birth. The great pain and, and, and turmoil that, that a woman goes through in giving life to a child. And all of the the anguish that goes in that moment, maybe not just a moment, maybe that long period of time of seeing that life being brought into the world. All of that is gone in a moment as soon as that little one is there in your arms. And how many... How many of you or us have said in that moment, oh, we need to do another one? <laughs> what, a, what a glorious picture that all of that suffering, all of that turmoil, all of that pain was totally worth it. Pales in comparison to the joy of this new life. That's what Christ is laying before us and encouraging with us to say don't get caught up don't lose hope persevere through the pain and suffering because the joy that awaits is unimaginable
So we can endure through the suffering, keeping in mind, keeping in, 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 in our thoughts that hope and that joy that awaits us. We can have, we can keep heart within the midst of the pain and the suffering and the temptation and the trials that we face because we know that they are finite, that they will have an end. And at the end, we will experience this great joy. Jesus is also encouraging us to, to hold fast to our faith, uh, to remain uh, rooted and anchored in our trust in Him in those times of difficulty. Because we have direct access to the throne room of God. There is, there is something that is unique that is happening here for God's people. That there has always been this process of, of coming to the Father through a mediator. Through some other one that would represent us before God because none of us are able to come to God in ourselves because He is so wholly other. So, so perfect and, 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 and righteous and, and, and pure. But through Jesus, when we come to the Father in Jesus' name, we have direct access to His throne of grace. That we can ask Him anything in those moments. And He will hear us. And He will do it in His perfect time and in His perfect way. In, in, this, in our study in Hebrews, we just uh, went through that, that great passage in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 4. It says, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may have mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is telling His disciples here, I'm not, I'm not telling you to talk to Me and I will bring that request to God. But as you come through Me, you will be able to make those requests directly to the face of the Father. That is an amazing... Is that right? That is an amazing access. An unimaginable opportunity that we have to be able to come into the very presence of the Father. That should give us great confidence when we go through the suffering. That if we have, we have the very ear and the heart of God, 
at our disposal. This very God who with just a spoken word created all that is. This great God that has been so closely involved in the, the, the history of humanity and the, the day-to-day living of people where He has been reaching out in love to all of creation, even though we have been involved in this great rebellion against Him, that He has been reaching out in love to us. This great God that has come and entered into our existence through Jesus Christ to come and walk with us, to show us so that we could see, hear, touch the Father. This same God invites us to come and bring our requests to Him. And we know that there is nothing that limits Him, nothing that holds His hand back. And so if there is anything that is a part of His will that He wants for our best, He will make it happen for us so we can come with confidence. And then finally, the third thing that we have as we face the suffering, the tribulation that is happening within this world that we experience on a day-to-day basis. We have these words of Jesus in the end of this, the, the, the last part of verse 33. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. His message there to us is that yes, you will face struggles. But just as I have overcome the world, I will now lead and guide you and walk you through this journey so that you too can be an overcomer. Where you can face uh, the the tribulation, you can face the, the temptations and the trials without having to worry about falling away from God to reacting to all of that in a way that is displeasing to God or somehow out of character for God. But but He will help us to walk through all of those circumstances, all of those situations, and be an overcomer. Just as He was tempted in every way and yet did not sin. That's what is available to each and every one of us as we continue to cling to the to our savior as we listen closely to the spirit and we follow in obedience to wherever he would lead us to respond so what's the trouble that you are facing today other health Issues for yourself? Are you caring for the needs of another? A loved one who is struggling with health concerns right now? Is there a relationship conflict that's going on in your, in your family? In your employment? In your, in your connection with friends? 
Is there that, that tension and that struggle that's there? Is there a breaking down of those relationships in some way? Is there temptation that, is, that has been plaguing you that you have found yourself falling time and time and time again and you struggle with that and you want to be set free and yet for some reason you still are facing these disappointments and you find yourself again and again on your face. Remember, this will have an end. Whether it is here in this life or through the hope that we have in heaven where we will be fully free from all that holds us down, all that brings us grief and sorrow. But we will experience joy inexpressible as we worship with all of God's people in the presence of our God. Remember, this suffering will have an end. And remember that as a follower of Christ, as a born-again believer, one who has been washed clean and put your trust in His sacrifice on your behalf, you have access to the very throne room of God and He hears every prayer that you speak or even think in your, in your mind and in your heart. He hears and He will answer. And then also remember that you serve a Lord and a Savior who has walked through this life, who knows all of the struggles that you are facing, and yet He overcame. And He is now there walking with you so that you too can overcome. And through your life, through the struggles that you're facing, through the temptations that you battle with, through the sorrow and the pain that you are experiencing, God will be glorified. And for all of eternity, you will be able to give testimony and witness of God's great power and His wisdom and His love that He, ex that he showed to you as He walked you through this time of tribulation, these days of sorrow and heartache. Let's pray. Thank You, Lord, for these last words of Christ. Spoken to His disciples and through His disciples to us. Lord, I pray for each one here this morning that as they battle with the the sorrow and tribulation that they are facing in their life right up what right now whatever that might be whatever unique experiences that might be 
that they would be able to, to have that hope that this will end. That they will have that confidence to bring their requests to the Father, knowing that He will hear and that He will answer. And they will be able to have that great hope that as they cling to You, that You will lead them to become overcomers. Lord, I pray for those that might be here this morning who have not made that commitment. That have never come to that place of putting their trust in, in Jesus' sacrifice to pay the penalty for their sins. And they now live their life as a follower of Jesus, listening and, and, and obeying His commands and His directions in every aspect of their life. Uh, Father, I pray for them today that they would, uh, they would feel the stirring of Your Holy Spirit that would lead them into that place of surrender. No longer trusting in the things that they would be able to do to make themselves right before You, but they would be able to trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ alone. And in that, to find the joy of living life as your child, as an adopted son and daughter of the King. So move in their hearts, Lord. And accomplish that in your perfect time and in your perfect way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.